If you don't know the truth, you will fall prey to deception and strong delusion. I don't care if you're an independent, Republican, or Democrat, okay? It's worthless. Personally, I'm a monarchist. Well, that's kind of sounds kind of, what is that? That means I believe in a ruling, reigning king. His name happens to be Jesus, and I'm waiting for him to come back at any time. Welcome to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. Radio for the Remnant, brought to you by Olive Tree Ministries. Today, Jan visits with Pastor Jack Hibbs on a variety of topics. The world and the church have little discernment today, and thus many are easily fooled, deceived, and deluded. We want you to not be among them. We want you to discern the truth from today's lies. Here is today's uninterrupted programming. The challenge today is, what I said earlier is, don't answer, but do you believe that Jesus was correct in saying deception is coming to the world, increasingly so more in the last days? If the answer to that is, yes, I believe my Bible, I believe Jesus, then the next question is, what form or what depth of deception was Jesus talking about? That's a good question. Just remember this. Jesus said that deception will be so great coming upon this earth that if it were possible, my own very elect, my own children my own church, my own believers of any age from the day of Pentecost to the end of the tribulation period in the tribulation saints, the church believers to the tribulation believers, he said if it were possible, they would be deceived. Listen, none of, you have ex- none of us have experienced a level of deception that is forthcoming, ladies and gentlemen, according to Jesus. That means we need to be ready that you need to believe your Bible and you need to know why you believe your Bible. You're going to be hearing things today and next week that I quote one of our staff members who I had review it said back to me, wow, I just got done listening to this guy's lecture. If I were not a Christian, I would believe what that guy said. Because the guy answers the questions that man has, but he leaves God out and he inserts some other type of deliverer. And welcome to the program. And I think all of us would agree that one prediction made by Jesus that the last days would be filled with deception is at play today, big time. Whether it's fake news, political corruption, pulpits that compromise, Finding truth is getting to be more and more difficult. One pastor, and he will join me in a moment, says we are in a daze, a daze of deception, and it's getting harder and harder to discern the truth amidst a culture of lies and deceit. I have worked with Pastor Jack Hibbs for almost 10 years. He was a frequent speaker at my Understanding the Time conference events in suburban Minneapolis starting in 2015. I've had the privilege of ministering at his amazing church, Calvary Chapel, Tino Hills, California on three occasions, a dynamic megachurch, not afraid to talk about the issues we discuss here on Understanding the Times Radio. And we're going to talk a little bit about his new book, Living in the Days of Deception, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. But I'm also going to ask him a few questions here about some current event issues that are going on. Pastor Jack Hibbs, welcome back to the program. 
Jan, thank you so much. Before we even get started, you opened Congress with prayer. This is a week or two ago now. And even that was challenging. And now it's been posted various places electronically. And you're telling me that the things you prayed were altered. Is that right? There are certainly those who did not like what was said in that prayer. And one group is an atheistic group, which was interesting to me, Jan. What was an atheistic group listening to a congressional prayer for when they don't believe in God? And they were all upset that I did reference Jesus Christ by name. You're not supposed to do that. Among some other attributes of our great and awesome God. And they were very upset with that. The almost hilarious hypocrisy to this is why would an atheist care what a Christian is praying to or whom for what when they don't believe in any of that stuff? It's actually an interesting form of deception. Yeah, right. In their deception, they're monitoring those who believe in God to bring accusation against. And I believe that's a profound testimony that they do, in fact, believe in God, but they refuse to submit to God. You had some great response, though. I know you did. And some in Congress were very thankful that you prayed exactly what you prayed. Yeah. I first want to say that the staff at the chaplain's office there are awesome people. It was a beautiful experience. Somewhere decades ago, there's some rules about what you can and cannot say. And those are sent to you and you're supposed to agree with them. But then I realized, Jan, just before going up there to pray that I really needed to Ask God to forgive me for the milk toast prayer that I had submitted according to those rules. So I wrote down a prayer that was from what I believe was, of course, my heart, but in alignment with Scripture. For example, I mentioned God as Father. That's gender insensitive. I mentioned that Jesus Christ was crucified for our sins. You're not supposed to evangelize. I said that he's the resurrected Lord and Savior. You're not to indoctrinate. And then it's to be all inclusive. Well, Jan, to that I said, may all of you who are in this house, lawmakers, may all of you be aware that you'll stand before the great judge of the universe to give an account for the decisions that you make in this robust and esteemed location, and that we will all submit before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then I got in the trouble by saying, I pray this in the name of our crucified Savior, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the beautiful thing was I was just enveloped by staff and by congressional members. One congressman from Kansas, I believe it was, said to me, that was a breath of fresh air to hear biblical truth. Well, Jack, what my audience doesn't know is 27 Democrat congressmen are still protesting your prayer, which, by the way, was back on January 30th. And I have read their outrageous letter of February 15th calling you a radical Christian nationalist who helped fuel the January 6th insurrection, their words, with a long history of spewing hateful vitriol towards non-Christians, immigrants, and members of the LGBTQ community. Again, their words. They also mocked your end-time perspective, and they actually suggested that you were anti-Israel, and you're just the opposite. They concluded you have a breathtaking lack of consideration for religious diversity. Again, their words. Speaker Johnson was scolded for inviting you. We can't list all of their accusations. It might take much of the hour, but this is how the secular left feels about people of faith. Folks can hear it at Real Life with Jack Hibbs. There's some versions of it on YouTube and other places, but again, folks, some of these postings, again, as Jack has said, have been altered, and that's because we're in a battle 24-7. 
Jack, you have a new book out, and my ministry is carrying the book, and I've already pre-announced it here, Living in the Days of Deception, that's D-A-Z-E, and there's even a struggle with your book, not the content, of course, but there are fake books out there. Harvest House is the publisher, so if somebody's got a book that isn't by Harvest House, that'd be a little bit troubling. What is going on? I wish I knew. It is huge, Jan. In fact, I was with the Harvest House people a few days ago. And yeah, I can just tell everybody, if you're going to buy the book, you better be careful because talk about deception. Yeah. There's up to 11 different versions of the book that are out there. Some of them I was told were written by AI. Some of them actually have the cover of the book with no content on the inside. That said, be careful Because you can see the imposters, by the way, when you go to Amazon. They actually pop up. Amazon's trying to get these things off. But Harvest House is the publisher. What you want to do is look at their reviews. Thank God people are saying, I bought this book and it's fake. Don't buy it. There's a little bit of self-reporting going on, so to speak. But Jen, we're delighted. I have to tell you, we did not see this coming. That is the success of the book. It only went public last week. And they've published 125,000 copies of the book. Amazon, as of today, is limiting the purchase amount, where I think you could only buy up to four. And they're waiting for more inventory. We didn't expect this to happen. It's going out all over. The beautiful people at Hobby Lobby, they ran out in Dallas, Texas. So it's a great problem to have. But it just goes to show you, Jen, that people are hungry. They feel like they're being deceived. Indeed. And folks, we carry it. It's in my online store, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org. We'll try to cover some of the content here. I want to get to a couple of other issues as well. But Jack, Jesus warned that one of the most prominent features of the last days was going to be this rampant deception. And why are we surprised? I mean, two illustrations you've just given us already, your prayer and now the fake books that are out there. The devil is trying to ruin and counterfeit everything that we're doing for the kingdom here in these last days. Jen, you just said it. Why are we surprised? And I have to ask you, I mean, honestly, why? And here's what's going on. We read God's word. We study God's word. Jen, your ministry probably has the most grounded and knowledgeable and up-to-date audience of probably any Christian ministry going on in the world because you cover everything from eschatology to all the doctrines of the Bible. Having said that, when these things begin to happen like they do, we were thinking, well, maybe deception will be something like this. We had some assumption, but it has already surpassed our assumption. For example, it's not just that Jesus said that in the last days, deception would be rampant. We have to remember that we're warned in the Old Testament about deception, false prophets, false teachers, of course, the Old Testament, don't add to God's word, don't detract from God's word. But then in the Gospels, Jesus comes along and he tells us, and if we're reading it carefully, everybody, that for the entire church age, and once the church is gone, for those who are the tribulation saints, those believers, deception is going to not only be present, and that's what we see in the epistles, Paul warning, John warning, Peter warning of deception, As we get into the tribulation period for the tribulation saints yet coming, Jesus made it very clear that the deception would be such that if it were possible, even his elect would be deceived. Well, Jesus chastises the religious leaders of his day because they have so little discernment. They can discern the signs of the weather, but they can't discern the signs of his coming. 
you talk about in your book and in your messages as well. And folks, you can get an audio version of some of this on Jack's various media channels, including some YouTube where I picked them up, three messages on the Days of Deception. But the doctrine of demons, and you talk about that heavily, and you write about being dazed by deceptive spirits. And I think all of us have been shocked, I would say, in the last probably 25 years, at how many deceptive spirits have come forth. Many false Christs have been manifest. Horrible theologies have come forward. Surely when Satan was thrown out of heaven, he landed right in the church, almost more than the world. And that's all been manifest in the last 50 years. And you talk about some of this. I talk about it. People cannot find a church. The church doesn't want to preach the whole council. The churches today are flying rainbow flags and preaching about Black Lives Matter, social justice, the woke gospel, as you say, easy believism. So all of this, I think it's come as a bit of a shock to those of us who weren't prepared to see the church go so seriously sideways. I'm going to put it this way, Jan. You would expect the deception to be doctrinal type issues, teachers, prophets, some sort of apostles doing their thing. But let me spin it this way. I believe that we saw doctrines of demons and deceiving spirits, for example, outside of what we would say theological terms. When it came to, for example, COVID, notice that the church was heavily attacked during COVID. Mm -hmm. That's not a coincidence. At least it wasn't in California. We were hit hard in California by the government. The government hit us harder than COVID. So you think about that, but watch this, Jan, doctrines of demons, notice right after COVID, and you said so, BLM, yeah. transgenderism, the immediate explosion over the last two and a half years of this gender ideology, this bizarre, twisted, sick redefining of what a human is. If you do not see that that is a teaching of Satan to go after us humans who have been created in the image of God then you are truly deceived and you're blind because notice that Satan's not using a shotgun. He's using a sniper rifle and he's going after key elements that are foundational to the human's existence, gender, marriage, value of life, abortion, borders, safety. All of these things are biblical issues that God has made clear in the Bible. And yet Satan is using the powers that be and the influencers that be to propagate anything but the truth. And if anyone pulls back to look at it through a biblical worldview lens rather than emotions, they're going to see that deception is running loose in the halls of power, and that power could be in a church or in your state or national capital. In your message series, which actually now is several months ago, The Days of Deception, Again, folks, we are carrying Jack's book. If you're wondering what we're talking about and you join me late, you're listening to Understanding the Times. Jan Markell, Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, on the line with me. And Jack's got a new book and challenge even to get it out, The Living in the Days of Deception, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. In your series that you had at Calvary Chapel, you brought in an element into the discussion, which I felt was very fascinating. I'm actually going to do a deep dive on UFOs in about a month, but I want to include it in our discussion because it's so important. You talk about the deceptive, deceiving ways that Satan is using today. I'm going to play just a quick soundbite of you in this particular series. The Bible says that there'd be an increase in demonic activity and spiritism in the last days. Second Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 3, for the time will come. 
I say it's here. When they will not endure sound doctrine. People don't want to hear Bible studies. Entertain me. Make me happy. Make me feel good. Give me a warm and fuzzy. Don't, let, don't, don't bore me with Bible doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they're looking for a thrill. I want a religious thrill. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Notice the difference. The world and the religious world is going to go after some new thing, fables. But the believer is to be watchful. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Are you guys all right? Yes. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle, we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Note where they're at in the heavenly places or atmosphere. That is a verse that we probably all should start memorizing. We do not, we are not wrestling against, we are not warring. Right now, in the 21st century, today, we are not warring against human powers. The Bible says we are warring against principalities and powers that are of a different origin. Are you, Jack, are you saying they're aliens? No, I'm telling you they're demons. They're fallen angels and demons and even now, with some of the things that we're going to hear, where you've got a Navy aviator saying, I don't know what these things are, but they have the ability to appear and disappear outside of our known realm of physics. Someone's going to say, if they were visiting from some other galaxy, because you know that used to be the story, that they got in a spaceship and they flew here. But now we have the technology to pick up an asteroid that's millions of miles away and be able to plot its size and its direction and its speed, and yet these things are not detected. Why? Because now the world and the unbeliever, I'll say, is now announcing this. We used to think they were coming from other areas this way, on a, on a longitude latitude, based on our physics. Listen, everybody, all this has come out prominently in the last few weeks. We no longer believe that they were traveling from some spot to this spot by our traditional way of thinking. What they do is they live in a different realm that some people would say is spiritual, but they live in a dimension that we've not yet discovered. And what they can do is step in to where we're at and then step out. Which, by the way, in physics is actually a discipline. It's actually a study. So, Jack Hibbs, you have just introduced an issue here. We're talking about deception. You've actually brought in UFOs or fallen angels into the discussion. I think you need to clarify why you did that. Exactly, Jan. So what preempted our normal study in the Book of Romans on Sunday was the fact that Congress initiated a congressional hearing. And that hearing, by the way, as of the time of you and I speaking right now, is still underway. And that hearing investigation was in response to a huge amount, not one, not 10, a huge amount of United States 
military officers in the United States Navy, U.S. Marine, aviators, and Air Force who came forth as whistleblowers to make an announcement that these manifestations have been taking place. So I wasn't going to touch that with a 10-foot pole until I saw on YouTube a pastor say, hey, you guys, these alien appearances, don't worry about it. We can learn a lot from them because the reason why what they do is so mysterious to us is because they're not yet fallen. They didn't fall on their world like we fell on ours. These are none other than creations of God come to see how we're doing and we can probably learn a lot from them. Jan, when I heard that, that was it. I just had to go get my Bible going because that is a statement of deception mm -hmm. that had to be answered. And so this series, at least two weeks of it, I embarked upon and I let the congressional committee do most of the preaching for me. I just played clips from C-SPAN right. interviews by the committee leader, Congressman Tim Burchard, the aviators, the CIA operative, the U.S. Air Force analyst. They were under oath before Congress. Everybody's there, cameras are rolling, and they bore testimony of the things that they said are not from this world. I believe that demands a response from the Christian community. I think it demands pastors to address it because I believe it is part of the last day's manifestation of demonic activity which could possibly explain, Jan, a lot of things away. Like, what if the rapture takes place What soon? if the rapture takes place? I'm going to play one more clip of you, Jack. How else do you think would be a good explanation? Just guessing. I'm not saying this is it. But if this continues where there are friends, they're here to help us. What if there's a group of people who say, no, they're not. They're demonic in origin, it's satanic, they're fallen angels in conjunction with demonic spirits coming out of Genesis chapter 6 and referred to in the book of Samuel, Chronicles, and in the book of Job, and in the book of Daniel. This is all mentioned in the Bible, and we're not buying it. What if, what if we were to say, we're not buying your story that these are benevolent creatures that are manifesting from some other realm to come and help us? They're not highly involved beyond us, and they've come back to check and see how slow we're evolving. What if we expose such thinking as being demonic? What if the rapture were to take place? Wouldn't it be a tremendous explanation that, oh, you know what? They didn't get with the program. Those people that were, they were the... They were the roadblock to the next quantum step of evolutionary process. There are those in the, in the evolutionary world that are saying, because they don't have evidence for progressive evolution, there are no fossil records that, there's not one fossil that provides an evolutionary argument. Did you know that? Not a one. It's a religion. So what they've countered now is that they believe the next move in evolution will not be over thousands of years or millions of years. It will be in seconds. Isn't that convenient? What if the rapture that is, that is to take place in a twinkling of an eye is something that 
The Bible says God will send the world strong delusions so that they will believe the lie. What if part of that lie is to believe the explanation that that's why these knuckle-dragging, ignorant, dumb Christians had to be removed for man to progress to his next level, to his next step? What if, I'm just saying, what if? The point is this still today. There are things that are out there that Barack Obama could not explain. There are things going on that military personnel cannot explain. But what we're starting to see explains real well a world that lives in tandem with us that we would call the spirit realm. So, Pastor Jack Hibbs, what I picked up from that soundbite, and again, that's part of your message given a few months ago, you suggest, and I think you're accurate, that the strong delusion that they should believe a lie, part of that could easily be the lie all wrapped up in UFOs and the absence of Christians and the demonic and the spirit realm all wrapped up in one soundbite. Jen, I referenced to that soundbite just to put it in context. I mentioned Barack Obama. Yeah. We're not talking about this message right now, you and I talking during his presidency. This was a clip that's shown in the teaching that I shared, and it was Barack Obama being interviewed that's regarding... Right. UFO activity. And Barack Obama said, it's absolutely true. I've been briefed on these things and there's other things that are with us. Well, having said that, I can tell you this, that there have been born again believers who are in power, who have been taken to locations under extreme U.S. security measures to look at things that are not from this realm. And these are people that are an elected place of power, part of this investigative committee. When somebody hears that, they say, oh, that's just too fantastic. But you know, Jan, what's so strange about the world that you and I live in, we talk about a world of deception. People are so caught up in their own little world right now, and I believe it's part of deception, that if somebody were to say, like the man on the street, what do you think about UFOs? Oh, whatever. As long as they don't bother me, I'm good. As long as I have my latte, I'm good. People don't even care anymore. And I think that's part of the deception is apathy. But the fantastic now is coming to pass. And it shouldn't be fantastic for the Christian. We should have said, or we should be saying, wow, my Bible talked about stuff like this. I didn't know it would manifest like that at this time, or I didn't know I would hear this from Congress, of all things. But we have got to stop thinking that the bad doctrine is only in a pulpit. The doctrine of demons is going to be anywhere and everywhere. People can be influenced, controlled, are in some way indoctrinated. And we need to take a bigger view of the magnitude of deception, Jan. And the most subtle is the most dangerous. Talking to Pastor Jack Hibbs for the hour, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, California. We're carrying his new book, Living in the Days of Deception, that's spelled D-A-Z-E, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. And you can find that in my online store. You can give my office a call. You can get on our newsletter lists. Say, if you are a fan of social media, we're on all sorts of platforms. We remain on Facebook, Jan Markell's Olive Tree Ministries, Instagram, Olive Tree Ministries, Gab, under Jan Markell. Find us on YouTube at Olive Tree Ministries or Jan Markell, but look for subscribers. It's about 206,000 subscribers. There are lots of fake accounts. On Rumble at Olive Tree Ministries, on Telegram, at Olive Tree Ministries, on Twitter, at Olive Tree Men, and on Truth Social, 
at Olive Tree Views. Well, we might add some, we might even take some off, but for now, those are our social media platforms, and I hope you'll enjoy dialoguing with one another on these platforms. And let me just give a quick heads up here that we are just off of our Understanding the Times a few nights ago with Mondo Gonzalez, the Prophecy Watchers, and we had a fantastic turnout and online audience, and you can watch all or part of it on our website, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org. Go to video, you can order a DVD of the evening, just about $10, allow a couple of days for that to hit our online store. You can call my office. Coming up in April is Alex Newman, in June is Dr. Mark Hitchcock, and in August is Michelle Bachman. So that's a lineup here for the next few months anyway here in the new year. Talking again with Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, California. Jack, you address in your book the deceptive cry for unity and that many are dazed by the deceptive cry for unity. Look, the Bible talks about unity, Psalm 133, but I think you are calling out ecumenical unity in your book, and nowhere is unity more heralded than urging Christians and non-Christians to unite, and you suggest appropriately that Jesus would not show up at an ecumenical conference, but you inserted this as a whole chapter talking about unity and the deception of unity. The fact is, Jesus would not have shown up to participate in a pagan gathering to a group that's praying to Zeus and somebody to Athena in the next group to Diana. Right. No way. So I'm not saying this to be mean, rude, or in any way to offend. I am saying this. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. When there's an ecumenical union taking place, notice this. Many, many times... It's often hosted by the civic leaders, and that's their clumsy way of trying to bring the community together, and they have their motive. I'm not saying anything about their motive, but I will say this, that when they begin to say things like this, well, we're going to have a prayer meeting, we're going to have a gathering, you can pray to your God, or we all pray to the same God, so you can reference Jesus, you can reference Muhammad, you can reference whoever, whatever. Listen, this type of thing causes warm and fuzzy feelings, makes you feel like you've done something constructive for the community or for a spirituality, when in reality, the scripture says, come out from among them mm. and be separate, says the Lord. And we need to be separate from them for many reasons, but one of them should be this, that we love the lost enough to be separate from what has brought them to a lost condition mm so that when they do consider the truth, they've got somewhere to go to, that they can come to us and say, now, why is it? And the bottom line is this, Jan. Yes, you said it right. The Lord loves when the brethren dwell together in unity. The defining factor, Jan, is brethren. Yes. The brethren dwell together in unity. That means they believe the same doctrine. They're of the same book. They're of the same God. So when somebody says, no, 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 we need to unite. Well, how is that possible? You cannot unite. Like the United Nations will never unite because they all have their factions. And so here's what you do to unite. Something has to die to unite. And what dies is truth. Yeah. You have to kill truth on the altar of unity so you can all get together. You got to leave your truth back in the parking lot before you come into the doors yeah. because we're going to pretend we're unified and it's nothing but deception. 
Pastor Jack, by the way, you make a brilliant point here because you say the days of deception is happening because the world is going to be dazed by the ultimate deceiver, the Antichrist. The world is readying for him. That is so, so true. I'm so glad that you addressed this. The spirit of Antichrist is already alive and well. It's alive in my state, Minnesota. Part of our city is burned down three, four years ago, and California is experiencing some of the same. But the world is getting ready for this man with a plan, this Mr. Fix-It. Jan, to throw some more onto what you just said, so true. Look around the world right now. It's leaderless, isn't it? And that's why it's in a complete fit, because it doesn't know who to look to as a leader. The world has no one to look to right now. The world is without a rudder. The world has no plumb line. And this is a prime moment. But on top of that, Jan, Jesus said in the last days, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Look what's going on with the multiple. I, you and I don't have the time to enumerate the That's nation right. that are embroiled right now in various wars taking place. And so we've got an apathetic church. We're living in the Laodicean period. The pulpits have been compromised. Right. Our government is in debt beyond repair. There's no way America can mathematically ever financially recover from what's happened to it. And then we've opened up the doors of an invasion where we will somehow yep. be... I'm not saying everybody who came across the border is a terrorist, but there's been a lot of terrorists caught, but more of them not caught. And we have no leaders. There's no leaders in California. There's no leaders in Washington, D.C. And there's no leaders in the world. Parliament in England, they're swaying without a leader. Germany, go down the list. We have no voice of leadership in this age. We don't even know who's going to be running on the Democrat ticket in November. It's unknown. Jack, this is the first opportunity I've had to have you on air since the October 7th catastrophe in the Middle East and Israel. I want to get your perspective on just a few things. What folks who follow your ministry and mine are asking, I think, did the catastrophe that happened in Israel on October 7th speed up the prophetic clock? You and I know it actually did, because it seems obvious that the whole world has changed. We've already talked about that. The world is leaderless, and I think demons were, Michelle Bachman and I discussed that on air here right after it happened. Demons were unleashed back on October 7th, and you had a great interview with Eric Stackelback on all of this, and you brought out some of the prophetic significance that you felt happened as a result of October 7th. Let me just play a short clip of you and Eric here and come back and talk about it. Pastor Jack, always great to see you, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Eric, thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, so much to talk about with you, Pastor Jack, and you've been every day since October 7th, since this massacre of the Jewish people in southern Israel. You've been sounding the alarm. You've been uh, sharing prophetic insights. Uh, Number one, first and foremost, a lot of people are asking, what does this mean prophetically? Where are we on the prophetic timeline? As the events of October 7th unfolded and in the weeks since, What is your sense of where we're at right now prophetically? And do you consider what happened on October 7th and the ensuing war a major prophetic event? Well, Eric, there's no doubt about it that when something happens in Israel with the Jewish people, we're talking about a post-May 14th, 1948 occurrence or event, which means that this has got the the, uh, attention of heaven, so to speak, right? So nothing can happen in Israel without us having to pause, dive into our scriptures, predominantly the Old Testament, and begin to look at what God has promised with, number one, the rebirth of the nation Israel. We have to remember, it's the rebirth, not the birth of, but the rebirth. 
So God has brought his people back into their own land, just as he promised in the book of Ezekiel. And so with what's happening right now, Eric, we don't want to be sensationalists, but at the same time, we want to be like the sons of Ishakar, discerning the times that Israel lives in and what it ought to do next. So as, as we look to the word of God, what can we surmise at this point? We need to be careful, but always be biblical. Are we on the brink of the Ezekiel battle? There are people who describe this and think about it. What about Isaiah chapter 17, which very well, Eric, may be uh, where we're at right now, very, very close to that. And, and Isaiah 17 talks about something happening in Israel, it don't, or excuse me, in Damascus. It, it's, it, it's cryptically says, but with Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49, it says that a fire will begin in the wall of Damascus, Syria, and whatever that entails, it requires an Israeli response. And it says that Damascus will be utterly destroyed. Now, what does that have to do with, with uh, Hezbollah or anything else? Eric, your program and your social media posts have been so spot on as you and I have watched the emanation of this war expand. I am keeping my eyes on Damascus. Something quite possibly could happen any day which will heighten the event, and it could be that which Eric brings in the Ezekiel 38 players. And for those of you who are not aware, read Ezekiel chapter 38, because it's very clear that Russia is the tip of the spear uh, that mentions nations that it will help, and those are Islamic nations, all of them dedicated, by the way, to the annihilation of Israel. But, you know, you mentioned third front. Israel, of course, nobody wants to see a third front. But, Eric, you and I know, if we were off camera right now, you and I would be talking about a third front, a fourth front, because the Scriptures tell us in the last days, one of the indicators of it being the last days is that Israel would be completely surrounded and abandoned by its allies, like the United States. And tragically, we see overtures of our nation now beginning to be a little weak need in its support of Israel. And to me, that's telling. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio, Jan Markell. Have on the line Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, California. Learn more at calvarycch.org, calvarycch.org. Pastor Jack, you concluded that little three-minute clip with something I want to talk to you about for a moment or two. America is in the process, it would appear, not surprising to me, of abandoning God's covenant land and people. And then we wonder why Mr. Biden is having such a horrible time in office right now, and I want to comment on that in a minute. But first, your comment, please, about the fact that America is going more than wobbly. America is turning on our ally. Jan, I think that is, again, I'm not a prophet. I just read my Bible. But yeah. we all have to admit that God has been beyond gracious, beyond kind, and merciful that for all these decades, he has not rightly judged us for so many things. We've kicked God out of court, out of school in 1962. No more prayer, no more Bible. God's got to go. He's not allowed anywhere. Ten Commandments, you got to take them down. And now we've got a LBGTQ trans experimental military. It's absolutely a mess. And Jan, if there was ever, I'll be conservative by saying this, if there was ever a time that America has been so close to abandoning our support in defense of Israel, it's right now today as you and I speak, because we've never been this week before 
we have never been this godless before. What if God listened to us and we said, get out of our court, get out of our schools, get out of our government and get out of our military? Jan, what if he did? What if God left last month? What if God pulled his hand away two months ago, three weeks ago? I think if he does, it's going to be known to the world when the United States government begins now to abandon Israel because the United States has always been Israel's big brother, so to speak. Right. And it was the United States under Harry Truman that we saw the birth. God used Truman in the birth of Israel as a nation in 1948. But Jan, look, my citizenship's in heaven. I got a passport for heaven. And I love my country, but it breaks my heart to see it dying. I don't see much evidence anymore of a constitution that's operational. It's not in our courts and it's not in our government. I don't see the constitution in operation. So that concerns me. I just want to quote my friend, former White House correspondent Bill Koenig, and he has documented for 20 years, he actually goes back 30 years in his books, what happens to America when we start putting pressure on Israel. We demand the Palestinian state. We suggest that she can't defend herself, which the Biden administration has strongly done in the current conflict with Gaza, which is about to expand, expand to the north, possibly even to Judea and Samaria. Bill Koenig writes this. I'll make the point and then we'll move on here. He says it's been a bad week for Mr. Biden and his administration as he pushes the two-state plan. Reading one paragraph this week, the Biden administration was speaking, working, and pressing on a two-state plan to be implemented at the end of the Gaza war while attempting to force Israel into a ceasefire agreement with Hamas. While Joe Biden's worsening mental condition was publicly seen after multiple gaffes and the revelation in an October 2023 U.S. Justice Department interview that he couldn't recall the dates he was vice president or the date of his son Bo's death. Koenig concludes here, furthermore, the Constitution's 25th Amendment was also being discussed. The 25th Amendment can be invoked by the cabinet if the president becomes disabled to such a degree that he cannot fulfill his responsibilities. And then he concludes, Anthony Blinken in Israel, in the Middle East. Moreover, as Mr. Blinken was traveling the Middle East, Southern California was hit with massive historic flooding. The Washington Post wrote that a rain gauge at the University of California logged in almost 13 inches in 24 hours, which would surpass the 11.5-inch threshold needed to qualify as a 1,000-year rain event or an episode with a 0.1% chance of happening in any given year. So folks, keep in mind, this is why Israel was being pressured about a Palestinian state. We were threatening to cut off her weaponry that we provide her, suggesting that Israel cannot defend herself as she's fighting the enemy in Gaza. And even the Democrat Party is now saying that Joe Biden must step down. There are consequences when you pressure and come against the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Jack, your thought? Jan, obviously, you and I believe, as Ben Franklin said, God governs in the affairs of men. God's moving. And at the same time, he's setting up kingdoms. He's bringing down kingdoms. But you know, Jan, there seems to be a switch that has been enacted, and that is that the use of Biden has now run its course. Again, I'm not a prophet. I would not be surprised if Biden would definitely be removed by his own party because they've got a plan to bring someone else in. Now, we've all criticized Joe Biden, and I stopped. I don't do it anymore because there's powers that are behind him 
that are really the powers that are calling the show. In fact, if somebody doubts what I'm saying, go look at the policies, domestic and international policies of eight years of Barack Obama. There was a very strange little anomaly called Donald Trump. But as soon as Biden was put into office, those same policies that Biden had implemented for eight years picked right up where they left off. And I think Biden right now is not useful to them anymore. And so in their earthly wisdom, they've got maybe Michelle Obama lined up or Gavin Newsom lined up. They got to find somebody. They'll find someone to be the agenda's useful tool. And I think now is why we're seeing the Democrats saying, yeah, you know what? We got to replace him because why? Because he's not even serviceable for them. Jack, you came out with an interesting little short list here. I'm just going to review it quickly. We'll take but minutes. But five things Christians will go to war over in 2024. I'm going to list the five things, and I do want your comment. And you say that you're not talking about bombs, guns, and missiles. I'm talking about an all-out war on everything from the spiritual realm, which is invisible, but certainly to the physical world in which things manifest. And the five things you say that we might go to war over in 2024, we being believers, first of all, would be the war against the truth. Secondly, would be the war against the facts, with Pastor Jack Hibbs defining facts as the reporting of what is observed. Number three, you say the war against the faith. And number four, you say is the war against the church. And of course, number five would be the war against marriage. We're kind of already beginning to see some of that. How do you think this will play out? We're well into 2024 here. We've got, as we've already said, complete chaos in our nation's capital. And the church is being attacked, marriage being attacked on a daily basis. How do you think this will play out? I think we know, Jan, how it's going to play out on the broad brush scale. And that is that it's going to obviously weaken the United States. Mm -hmm. It's going to weaken the church. It's going to continue to weaken the family. And yet I'm not saying these things to cause despair. What I'm saying is these are things that should cause us to draw closer to the Lord, to gravitate more to his Bible, because the Christian is going to suffer in life. Christians suffer in life. We're not exempt. And when evil powers are in power, think of parts of the world where evil is in power, the Christians pay the price. Persecution, Mm -hmm. they're ostracized, they could be violently attacked, things like this. When we begin to throw away the foundational pillars of a culture, a society, of humanity, then those pillars are most certainly thrown away, but those pillars have to be replaced by something. And they're being replaced by the deification of man. We're seeing man now create AI in his own image. Man rejects God, but he still realizes, I want a God. So he creates a machine that's quicker and smarter than he is. But notice, he's the one that creates it because man by nature has to have something to worship. So we're going to see AI advance to who knows what limits. But ultimately, Jan, we're heading toward the preparation for the book of Revelation because isn't it interesting that the Antichrist is going to be worshipped, right, as a god. He's going to declare himself to be God and everybody's going to be okay with it. And he's also going to have some sort of a mechanism, a machine, an image that is able to somehow determine who's got the mark of the beast and who doesn't. So some sort of AI scanning system, parameters, sites, I don't know. But the Bible says it's going to appear to be able to talk. 
that it's going to appear to have its own breath. Wouldn't it be amazing, Jan? Now, I'm way out in left field now. What if the Bible's true about an image being created that serves the Antichrist with the false prophet, this unholy trinity, you could put it, and that mechanical AI device, Jan, what if it were to be possessed by a demonic spirit Mm. that the statue or the machine actually takes on a persona, but that persona is a demon spirit? It's happened in the past. Paul said so Mm -hmm. to the Corinthians. He warned them about statues could house a demon. Well, what if the ultimate statue, AI, in the book of Revelation, actually gets possessed by very, very malevolent powers, spirit powers. Well, you paint a scenario that it could happen tomorrow. We may disappear and it could happen tomorrow. Yes. I'm just reading a paragraph from your book. Again, we're carrying Jack's newest book. Actually, Jack, I think it's your first book. Harvest House has produced Living in the Days of Deception, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. And we've spent the first part of the hour talking about deception and delusion, strong delusion. And you say this, you say, like you, your neighbors, friends, and co-workers are watching the world come unhinged as prophecy unfurls, and they are probably scared. You have to wonder, where do they go when things get tough? And you say, and they don't have anywhere to turn, anyone to turn to. Is it Prozac? Is it Smirnoff? Is it Jack Daniels? Is it entertainment? If that were all I had to hold me up, I'd be worried too. And then you conclude, Jack Hibbs, you can use the last day's events as a catalyst to introduce yourself to neighbors you haven't met yet. Knock on their door and say, listen, you may think I'm a lunatic, but I want you to know that I'm a Christ follower. And with all that is going on right now, I'm praying for the neighbors on our street. Do you have any prayer requests? It is doubtful that they will throw you off their porch and slam the door in your face. They'll probably say, yeah, you know what? Layoffs are coming in my company. We don't have any savings. Can you pray that I'll keep my job so that I can take care of my family? Seize that moment. Pray a short prayer. Say amen and promise to keep praying. Jack, I so appreciated that. And as we wind down our hour, I want us to focus a little bit more on things that we can do like you've just outlined here in your book. Because I can guarantee you, even in our hour of discussion here today, we've kind of stressed people out, and I really don't want to do that. I really want to give them hope. I really want to give them encouragement. I really don't want them thinking, well, you know, all there is out there is delusion and deception. I don't stand a chance, because that's really not true. Right. Here's the beautiful thing, is I'll give this illustration. At nighttime, it depends on how you feel, but at nighttime, it can be a beautiful thing. Nighttime is fantastic. You can look at the stars. You can get rest to your body and your mind before the daylight comes. Or nighttime can be a time of great length and great suffering because you're in pain. And you look for the dawning of the day. The point is this. You cannot have any bearing on the night unless there's the day. You judge the night against the day. And so what we want you to know is that the only reason why we're talking about deception is because there is truth. The only reason why we're able to point out these issues of life that have gone astray is because they were once in line. They were once functioning. God was considered and consulted. This is the good news, is that what's going on will not go on for long. Christ is coming. His word is true. Nothing in the Bible has ever failed. It's never going to. And Jesus said, when you see these things happening, things that I've told you in advance— that when they do come to pass, 
you may believe that I am he. And that's the key. With all that's going on, this book ends by reintroducing you or reminding you, or for some even for the first time, inviting you to know that God is behind the scenes. Man is playing out the scene, but God is in control. And that should bring you great comfort. You should know that if things seem dark, it's only because the day is soon coming. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio, Jan Markell. Have on the line Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, California. Learn more at calvarycch.org, calvarycch.org. Jack, we've got many months here in the new year still to go. What do you think lies ahead for this year? We've already talked about wars and rumors of wars. It looks like China's probably going to try to take advantage of a weak Washington and make a play on Taiwan. Would you agree with that? And is there anything else you see up ahead? Absolutely, Jan. I would agree with that. Now's the time for China to act. The United States is war-weary. We are overstretched in various locations of the world. And our recruitment is down to all historic lows. So China knows this. But do keep this in mind, everybody, that what we want to remind you of and have you be aware of is that when we see these things happening, the comfort of God's word says to us that these are birth pains that are transpiring. So what I would expect, Jan, regarding these birth pains is a decreased influence of the United States, an increased influence of the kings of the East, which would be China and or India, the Ezekiel consortium coming together, Ezekiel 38, Israel increasingly looking more vulnerable and being abandoned, but also this, that not only do we see the rampant rise of evil and lawlessness, but here's where my excitement reaches its peak, is simultaneously, I believe what we're watching in California could be something that happens everywhere. And that is with every news event of some sort of note, some sort of catastrophe, be it an October 7th event, be it a riot or whatever. Our church gets bigger, Jan. Mm -hmm. It's getting bigger. It's not getting smaller, which means people are looking for truth. They're looking for comfort. They're looking for hope in God. So with all that is seemingly ugly, know this, that out of these ashes, God is literally bringing forth beauty and we're experiencing here in Southern California. And I think that for the Christian, this is our moment. This is an awesome time to be alive, and we are thrilled. This all ends very well for the believer in Jesus Christ. Jack, somebody doesn't know the Lord today. Why don't you just give a short pathway to find salvation? Number one, my friend, he's called the Savior, which means you and I need saving. All of your good works, all of your good deeds matter nothing to God. That's not the criteria by which you enter heaven. All of us are guilty. And there's only one way to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but through me. I'm not asking you to join a religious group. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to bring your sins to the Lord Jesus Christ and say this, Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, as your Bible says. I believe you rose again from the dead, as your Bible says. And I bring my sins to you, and I accept your salvation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Friend, if you believe that... God knows the intent and the motive of your heart. He knows the sincerity of your heart coming to him in his truth. And he will transform your life. He's been doing it for thousands of years. 
and you're not exempt from his great grace and his great mercy. Pastor Jack Hibbs, thank you for all that you do. I call you America's pastor. You know that I have for years. You're very kind. Thank you for all you do. Again, you find his book in my online store, Living in the Days of Deception, D-A-Z-E. I want to go out of the program here today. You know, the word deceive appears some 67 times throughout the Bible. Deception began in the garden between the serpent and Eve, and it continues to the very end with the Antichrist deceiving all the nations of the world. Satan is the master deceiver of the world, but he has an ignominious fate up ahead. What happens to this great deceiver? Revelation 19, verse 20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that he had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. While they are judged for their deceptions, folks, we are enjoying the glories of heaven and eternity. I want to thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Contact us through our website, olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org. Call us Central Time at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. You get our mail when you write to Olive Tree Ministries in Jan Markell, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. All gifts are tax deductible. We hope you will be salt and light in this darkening world. The prophets of old longed to be a part of this generation, for they knew the orchestrated events would remind us that all things are falling into place. Yeah.